and welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the world's first ever tanning expert and founder of James Reed Tan, James Reed. James Reed's client list includes Lady Gaga, Rosie Huntington Whiteley, Mariah Carey, Kate Moss, just about every global Vogue editor, and myself. So, just a list of women with heaps in common. James is quite literally responsible for turning a tan into a trend. Before James started working with global beauty powerhouses L'Oreal Paris and Saint-Tropez, the idea of self-tanning was yet to reach mainstream popularity. It wasn't until James launched the world's first standalone tanning salon that a tan became as much a part of a person's overall beauty look as their hair or their makeup. James founded his namesake tanning brand in 2012, which is now stocked in 38 countries worldwide. I first met James in 2017 and was on the receiving end of the best spray tan of my life. So during his most recent trip to Australia, we caught up in a makeshift tanning booth at Mecca's Richmond HQ. In this conversation, James shares how his training as a psychotherapist prepared him for a life in tanning, the challenges of putting your own name to a brand, and why he ended up in tears after an encounter with the beauty editor of American Vogue. So I read that your initial interest in tanning came from when you were a teenager using like the wipes. I imagine tanning as a whole has changed a bit since then. Yeah, I was obsessed with um, with like kind of looking brown. I think I yeah. kind of used to go on holiday like south of France or like in, in Britain we used to go on the beach holidays, mm. <laughs> sit by the beach, Margate, yeah. uh, you know, canvas sands, <laughs> two hours in the car, cheese sandwich in the back. <laughs> it was so excited. Get there, have cockles, fish on the beach. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> um, and then I kind of uh, used to get, I discovered these tanning towels from mm-hmm. um, a store in um, the UK and I used to get them and put them on and sometimes I didn't do it very well and I'd get them like really tanned hands and and then yeah, I discovered I discovered this after sun that had um, self-tanning yeah and so I remember going on holiday south of France and then got, got a little bit of colour and then put this on and then obviously went to school I think I was 15 I looked mm-hmm. orange and everyone was taking the mickey out of me it was quite funny and my hands are bright orange that feels like a rite like... of passage to me I feel like that's when I thought I was a grown-up when I rocked up to school with my first yes like, oh. so I kind of yeah so I, I kind of that's when I embraced it and um uh and realized actually that um I wanted to to look healthy and look glowy and uh, using self-tan or as it was known then, it was more known mm. as fake tan. Yeah. So it was kind of the, the the start of it all. Did you have an interest in beauty and tanning beyond just using the products? Um, I used to lather my mum's Nivea cream over my face. Um, I kind of... When I was like 13 years old onwards and my face used to look really shiny. So I was obsessed with using beauty products. Um, but I didn't use start using a makeup or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> Getting dressed up in her clothes. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. Now, before you launched your own brand, you worked for a number of different companies. But I want to rewind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Before you started working in beauty, am I right in saying you trained as both a chef and a psychotherapist? Yeah, so I basically... Um, I had like um when I was uh, like a I went to a school then went on and did uh, catering so yeah. as a chef um, loved it and um, but I was never one of those people that wanted to spend all weekend um, in the kitchen yeah and so I did the training and I don't know if you know about, you know about cooking and and being chefs oh, and stuff they they're quite aggressive when they talk in the kitchen mm. so. I kind of loved it and then yeah. did it, I trained and then did it for about eight months and never really kind of um, loved it really. Yeah. Um, and I like spending my Christmas with my family so as soon as someone's telling me I've got to work at Christmas um, that was it. Nah. Um, but I love to cook anyway so I always cook for my friends, I cook for my family and um, then I trained to be a psychotherapist, um, personal centred counselling. That's quite yeah. a leap from chefing yeah. to But therapy. it's really weird, I did that in like, evening classes mm-hmm. and... But I always, my parents all in like, um, like they used to be counsellors and, oh, okay. um, so I was really always into like, um, 
criminal psychology. I mm-hmm. was into like how people feel and um, just under like people. I love people, yeah. so I loved doing the course. And if anything, the course opened up my own kind of self as well because mm-hmm. it kind of makes you let down all your walls and express your own self being <laughs> or, or experience your own yeah. self being. And uh, I remember going away on this trip. There was like they were all like kind of. There's people older than me, people the same age, and we went to this like convent, like like two days, like kind of. It was a convent, but it was two days of like just person-centered counselling. Oh. So you basically have all, you all sit around for two days and talk about yourselves and you know counsel each other and do wow. training. And I remember the first night we got there, I got everyone drunk, and then <laughs> the next day we were like. Um, we were like all so emotionally hungover that we all started crying at everything. So <laughs> I never really cried in front of people before. So I was like crying. I was letting myself go, and it was like anyway, it was a good experience. But anyway, it was a heavy um, and then I got them drunk the next day as well. So I got them all. So they must have thought I was a bad influence. But anyway, um, <laughs> no. I still stay in touch with them now. That's years later. Um, yeah, but it was it was good at to experience different things. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with tanning, you have someone standing in front of you that's completely naked and helpless, and yeah. you have to. You have people that share their lives with you, mm. so I think sometimes listening and understanding and helping them sometimes that is a counselling session in itself, not just for them but it for me because I end up talking about. I remember when I, when I used to do uh, have my son at the Sanderson Hotel and mm-hmm. when I first started doing the actual my own base. Yeah. Um, and I used people used to come in and if I had problems, so I'd be like, oh yes, I can't believe this, I can't believe that, <laughs> or you know, they'd share their but. It was. It's like a hairdresser or a makeup artist, or yeah. um, you go there and it's your your kind of t- your quiet time, but mm. also your time to offload or talk about yeah. your life, or you know. And it's your like kind of pamper time because you go in there feeling, you know, oh my god, I feel down, or and then you mm. come out looking tanned and you feel confident and you feel you really yes, do. and you feel like you've got the week ahead. It's the weekend coming up, and you can just take on the world. <laughs> so, what was the catalyst after that? you know two days of getting drunk and sharing feelings at what point did you realize that you wanted to work in beauty and more specifically in tanning um i think basically uh probably the one time was uh, i worked for loads of department stores Mm -hmm. and um, i saw like a brand at the time at saint tropez that was like kind of everywhere and um i wanted to work for them and that's Mm -hmm. when i kind of uh, my friend worked for them and he got me an interview and then i started doing retail for them and um someone rang in sick once it did spray tans and um uh it was a celebrity called billy piper yes that was yeah. coming in for a tan and um i ended up doing it even though i had no training <laughs> so i did quite a good job because i'd watched what go. people had done in the past and then that was it the spray tanning started from there doing, I think. yeah self self-taught is always mm. the best and because you do your own techniques and but that's like 17 years 17 years ago so it was um, and then I kind of just built myself up built my name up and got experience and Mm. um, was very good at like kind of coming up with trends and Mm. ideas and um, you know if there was an idea or something that needed to be done it or a spin or a a good story made out of tanning I'd always come up with a good good angle Um, I think in my mind was always like that creativity so that was 17 years ago so you really were the world's first tanning expert now yeah. we're all pretty across tanning mm. now but i imagine 17 years ago um people's i guess approach to tanning and their attitude yeah. towards it might have been a bit different there was um experts but it was like i was the first ever guy but also the first ever like there was a layer i started up the whole trend for layering the layering yes. technique which yeah, is about building your about tans that. up in layer layers um fine layers mm. um really just um treating tanning as not just a spray tan but as an experience yes but also my goal was always to to change people's perception of tanning but also take away from the days of ross from friends which people knew for years yes. um but also make pardon me make it into something that was about um that when someone came in for a tan they felt like they were just getting their hair done or their nails yeah. done and it was i i wanted tanning to be on the same level as a hairdresser and as a manicurist and as a mm. makeup artist rather than it be seen as something that a job that someone done just to pay the bills yeah it was never tanning when i first started wasn't really a career mm-hmm. it was 
but then it's now progressed into a career. It's now a profession, and I think people, it's opened the gates, opened the doors to mm. for people to to do more. It's funny that you bring up Ross from Friends because I feel like something that you're known for and have kind of pioneered is that layering yes. technique. Whereas you know when you started, that was at a time where people thought of tanning as standing in a booth and they'll just hit you with a layer of colour and that was the end of it. Yeah, and it was it was people would come in, uh, go in like really pale and then come out uh, over tans. Yes. And it would be like dripping um, on their kind of their clothes. It, it would, they'd, look, they'd feel sticky and they couldn't really go out. They'd have to go yeah. straight home and lock themselves away. I remember when I first got my first spray tan and it was really tanned really dark and I remember being on the tube and it was hot I started sweating and it was like running down my shirt and everyone was looking at me and it was the most embarrassing experience (laughs) ever and I thought I'm never doing that again Um, but it kind of (laughs) never again never again but I I want people to when they have a tan to go out and they think oh is it am I tanned and then they look in the mirror and they go yes but it's not to the point where they go oh my god like even celebrities like you know I've a lot of celebrities I work with I start from the beginning of their careers Mm. I started with them like Lady Gaga and yes. when I first started with Lady Gaga you know she wanted a tan but she wanted to wear it out that night or she wanted to wear mm-hmm. it to a TV show or you know it wasn't do it the night before and then leave it on and then go out with yeah. it and she always wore it out and it's like Rosie Hunston-Whiteley oh, Eddie Golden a lot of them wore it out mm. so it was it was about doing a tan that looked perfect at the beginning mm-hmm. and it looked the same as it did when you sprayed it as when you washed it off. Yeah. But it didn't look too tanned, but you could wear it out and you looked perfect straight away. Because even, I think back to when I was in high school and, you know, the formulas are obviously so much more advanced now. I remember it would be either, you'd be too dark straight away and you'd be like, okay, it's fine because I'm going to shower and then in the morning it'll be okay. Or the other way, it would be pale and you'd be like, I'm going to give myself 24 hours to marinate. But that's not the case anymore. No, I think, um, well, a lot of towns now as well, we've got one that's the express bronzing mousse. So it's like, I think sometimes if you you can either have the tan where you want to leave it on for eight hours and it looks, you know, like a mousse, normal Mm -hmm. mousse, and you put it on and put it before you go to bed or put it on during the day and you've got that tan all day. Or you use it at Express and you leave it on for an hour, two hours, and there's Express tans in salons now when you go and get spray tans. So the days where you, you kind of just have one choice are gone. You've kind of got a varied choice yeah. of how you want to look. And when I first opened a salon at the Sarnison Hotel, um, and then I opened my own salon in Harvey Nichols, which was called The Studio by James Reed. So the concept was the studio, like Studio 54, mm. the place to go. And the, the font was the studio, and it was like this massive the studio font and I remember doing it and my investor um, at the time he was um, the girl that was doing the marketing she said to him that it was less than what it was to do the reef to do the fit and to make the space anyway so he signed the, the kind of the contract with with Harvey Nichols it was like um, yes yeah, so it's going to cost you like um, £30,000 to do the whole, sh- the whole space and it cost him one hundred and ten. So, oh my but he'd already signed on the dotted line he had to do it so seriously it was amazing and it was like wall to wall gold it was like but really like kind of um, classic but mm. very much like Studio 54 was just quite elegant but it was like you went in and it was like it was the place to go so it was mm. Studio 1 Studio 2 and the people in, the, in my staff there when they were like oh what can you do the tan in Studio One or would you want to come to Studio Two? And outside all the furniture was like 70s, so it was all gold, like a gold, uh, like an orange sofa, like the kind of wow. back and then like everything. So it like took you back, but then it still had that classicness of, of the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just about ideally um, taking someone on an experience. Mm-hmm. So when they come in for the tan, it was like, they got the. They had a choice of tans, so they could have a fashion tan, which was like individual body parts. Yeah. Because um, it fat, it fits around your fashion yeah. outfit. Or there was um, turn up your tan or destination tan. The destination, mm-hmm. so it was two layers for a weekend away, mm-hmm. four layers for like a, a week in like, Saint Tropez, and um, five to six layers um, if you're like two weeks in the Bahamas. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> It was layered up, but they were done in really fine layers. Mm. So technically, you had a tan f- f- for each look. Yeah. But it made someone, when they came in, 
feel like they were on an experience. So people would come in and go, oh, can I have the weekend away, please? So okay, it was so like, a, like a tanning menu. Tanning menu. So it started the whole trend and now everyone does tanning menu. So it was like, a, in a way, it was... I wanted it to feel like you were getting your hair done. So mm. you, I'll, I'll have a, my roots done today or highlights or I'll get a, a blow dry, I'll get, a, you know, mm. kind of this done or that done. And it was the same with tanning. So, and there was a sports tan and the sports tan was like individual, like just your, like a bit like the builder's tan yeah. or the dry, bit, just your hands and your kind of your face when you're the ski tan as well. Like kind of, yeah. it was ideally the man tan as well which was about the highlighting and then it was the definition tan which was adding definition in areas mm. uh, contouring with tan that kind of stuff so it was in a way it was people would come in and do all different things and this woman flew me out once to Switzerland and she had like this hello magazine and she, bless her, she was like you know I think she was like 65 or something she had this hello magazine she wanted to look like Elmer McPherson and or she Rosie Hunston Whiteley, can you do me like this? And um, I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so she put me up in this hotel in Geneva. I was like, to do a tan, and I was like, she then she said, go back to the hotel and have it, eat and drink whatever you want. So I was like on the Lake Geneva. Just I thought be rude not to so I had a nice glass of champagne <laughs> it would be rude not to you're not an idiot, of course. And then I was like, you know what? This is crazy, but actually. It was nice. It was. I, I always appreciate everything that happens. And, yeah. You, know, um, you have to. You have to. Mm. Now the salon that was really the first of its kind, wasn't it? It was the first. Was it the one in the Sanderson Hotel that was the first sort of standalone? Yes, tanning it was studio? the first um, standalone, but the first in like a luxury hotel mm-hmm. that was ideally like an experience, like I said. But I think. Um, we had like waiting lists of people wanting tans and mm. I remember like some days in the summer I'd end up doing over 20 people wow. and just to fit them in and it was people could never get in so it yeah. was it, it kind of started it all off and my manager who I work with she used to be beauty director well she still works with me now um, she's my like mentor um, but she used to be beauty director of um, UK Vogue for mm-hmm. eight years um, so she's always been the sort of there with me to guide me but also advise and help we work on ideas together and stuff like that and I'd always say well, let's do this and she was says oh no that won't work um, but she's the only person that I kind of that could say to me that that's a rubbish idea and I listen <laughs> that's you know an you important kind of, thing to have yeah. someone that can just be objective be about it yeah. yeah but also someone that can kind of make you step outside the beauty box mm. step outside the tanning box look at things in a in a different perception or a different way that, that say for instance you never did before yeah ideally not just l- playing it straight but taking the risks yes do you find that there's a difference in perception of an attitude towards tanning from country to country because obviously you've done yeah, your fair share of travelling I think America's you know you've, you've got your LA you love to tan mm. Um, but New York are very much you've still people there that tan but New York's very much like I'd say Paris very yeah. much like people are quite very like sex in the city very like yeah. that they're kind of not really tanned mm-hmm. but then you have people that just want a really glowing face and I found that when we launched the sleep mask all them years ago that because it was the first ever tan that had mm. skincare and tanning people didn't really see the face as a product you you buy separately yeah. Because a lot of brands launch products for the face, but what they were, they were just the body products packaged in a face product. So you yeah. knew that what, what that was happening. So uh-huh. you kind of thought, I'm not buying that, I'll just buy the body and do the face and the body. Yeah. I did that myself. And then we did the sleep mask face. And I think, like say for instance, in New York, a lot of people just turn their face there. Yeah. So they just want to glow on the face. And um, especially Europe and um, places like New York or um, where the weather's kind of unpredictable. So sometimes you are covered up. So sometimes you only want your face tanned anyway. Yeah. Um, whereas you know Australia, um, the sun can come at any moment. So um, you never know. And you want to be tanned. And I think it's I'm always much more about like looking healthy, looking good, and you're not sitting in the sun anymore. Yes. Um, and I think Australia is very much like about dark tanning, isn't it? Yeah. So you've still got that kind of part where um, people are you know want to look healthy, want to mm. look glowy but um, the younger generation still want to be over tanned and really want to be 
dark. Yeah. They want they want that kind of really nice deep tan. Mm. Um, but I don't tanning doesn't really look orange anymore. I just think it looks people are really the good right at formula, yeah. yeah. And people are really good at putting it on now, I think. Like yes. especially the kind of eighteen up, they kind mm. of seem to perfect it because they want to look good for their friends. They don't want to look orange yeah. at all. Um, and I think it is about like that whole um, perception of looking orange. You don't want to no. people to think that. Um, you want people mm. to think, God, you look great. Where have you been? You know, not not are you wearing a self tan? It's funny you mentioned the eighteen year olds because I feel like with you know Instagram and YouTube and stuff, it's that age group mm-hmm. that are so good at beauty now. Mm. It's a bit. Well, it's like changed the perception of yeah. how people see beauty, mm. um, but also how you. You, now you, if you need to find something out you just go on Instagram yeah um, if you need to find out about a beauty product you just go on the hashtag of the product you're looking at and yes. then you can find everything there is to know about it and someone will tell mm. you whether it's good or whether it's not or you go yeah. on Google and look at the reviews you know wherever I book to stay in a hotel if it's under three stars I won't bother do you know even if mm. the hotel is good but if it's got bad reviews you always focus on them bad yeah. ones so I think um, yeah it's about um really just making um, products looking to look good on people mm. um, and caring for people's skin as well. So that's yeah, what I do with the products. Important. I want them to look good. Um, and I try and think of new things um, to for different countries. Mm. So for Australia, we were talking yesterday about Crate and stuff that's just for here, that's just for yeah. this market that will um, really uh, cater for the people that want that kind of Pacific tan or want that mm. Pacific product what sort of product are you thinking do you have a um scoop? that would be the that would be giving it away <laughs> um but there's some really cool stuff we've got planned for next year just things that are different things uh, that will change again people's perception of how they see tanning and just in a way elevate it to the next level because mm. i'm one of those people with like with a sleep mask everyone's like oh my god that's like how did you do that or you know oh we, we and now there's like probably like 12 different brands tanning brands that have done mm. done the sleep mask so yeah, it kind of set the trend how do you deal trend. with that because so, some of them even pop sleep in the yes in the name now. yeah so sleeps that, that? that name sleeps is gone everywhere now and yeah. I was the it was the, the first, first ever brand kind. to do that but um, but I don't ever look at it like that I yeah. never look at a brand and think oh I, I kind of think I should copy that yeah I no, of course not I always have that ethos of um, or that thought pattern that Chanel do which is I'll you know wait three years and then do it better, mm. um, but never copy, always never follow lead. I love that. Um, yeah. Now I do want to talk about product development, but I'll get to that in yeah. a moment. Um, back to I guess the trajectory of your career. You've touched on Sandra Pay, but when we last spoke, you were talking about a few of the other brands you've mm. worked for: um, L'Oreal, Guerlain, Sally Hansen, Fake Bag, and so on. Now, you've credited L'Oreal in particular as being able to make tanning a trend, I suppose, because they were and still are this global company mm. and they had the budget. What was it like God, being God, you've done there? your homework, dear. She's good. Um, she's very good. What um, was it like at that time? when? So L'Oreal, I think, yeah. L'Oreal mm. really had the money to, to do what... Mm. to take my vision to the next level. And... We, I launched their, it was quite long, when, when long worded the name of the product, but it was um, L'Oreal Paris Express Pro, um, L'Oreal Paris Sublime Bronze Express Pro Spray. It so just rolls yeah, off the tongue. Yeah. And so I did that and um, I had, you know, I came up with trends for mm-hmm. them and then we did start doing loads of magazine sponsored articles yeah. where one of the magazines we had like six pages and it was oh, like wow. all different looks for different tans, different skin tones, and it was how to achieve them, different looks, and the whole article was like uh, L'Oreal Paris, James Reed, and then it was like, so everyone was like, all the brands were like, oh my God, like, but they had the money to pay for all that, to, to really, to take the tanning to the next level, mm-hmm. and we kind of, in a way, changed with Saint-Tropez, because Saint-Tropez were the same as well, but we kind of changed how people saw tanning, but also, yeah try to make it cool but also yeah. try to make people think oh you know just because people never thought that someone with with dark black skin would mm. ever tan so Asian mm. skin would never tan so yeah. it kind of showed that tanning was for everyone yeah. and it wasn't just for someone that was thin with a certain size and someone that yeah. they had to have blonde hair or a certain look um, 
had to look like the 80s, 90s supermodels to yeah. have a tan. But anyone could do it. And tanning gives you confidence. It makes you look good. It, it, uh, it makes you feel like you've lost weight because it you naturally really look... It really does. And we kind of did that. We kind of changed that perception of, mm-hmm. of... And now it's like years later that it's starting to come out again. So yeah. it was... It, to me, it was like I did that with all different brands and, um, and I worked with lots and it was kind of, um, yeah, it, I kind of loved that. I mm. loved the, um, the freedom of going from brand to brand, but being, going in there, yeah. doing, coming up with creative ideas and then stepping out and going on to the next brand. Almost was, consulting. Yeah, it was good. It was exciting. I liked it. I feel like aside from people thinking tanning wasn't for everyone, there was also, it was almost a bit of a taboo because I remember the first experience that I had with tanning was using that god what was it one of the like gradual tanning moisturizers yes the Johnson's Johnson's yes that's that's exactly the one holiday skin but you would turn up to school and someone would go oh have you fake tanned that's what I use no 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 and in your head you're like well I'm not lying because it's holiday skin and you and also as well I think years ago obviously um brands have redeveloped their products Mm. now but years ago the um, self tan used to smell quite bad. Yes. So you'd know when someone's wearing it, and you kind of, you'd you go to give them a kiss, and you could smell it on them straight away. Of, um, yeah. So I think um, yeah, it's evolved now. As in, mm-hmm. products are much better. They don't look as orange. Yes. Um, well, they don't look orange, and um, people actually can not just tan their body. They've got products they can like with mm. the you know we you know years ago we bought out the. H2O tan mist the water. The mist is my favourite product of all time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's easy to spray on, but it started yeah. the trend for water tanning. So now all the brands do water, not just in yeah. sprays, but in mousses. Mm-hmm. So you know it was rose water, and then it was coconut water, and now it's it, then it's micella water. So it was yeah. the trend for um, water tanning is massive because it's about you know obviously it's more all products are now vegan friendly, yeah. cruelty uh, free. Um, but also animal cruelty free and also that whole translucent tanning where people want to use a product that won't transfer onto their clothes that doesn't smell that you can fit in with your beauty regime and it's about on the go tanning so you spray and then you go so it's easy like with the H2O you just mist it on it's got the rose wall it cools and then I put it on this morning and I know by the end of the day I thought I've got to look beautiful for you nice and tanned (laughs) by the end of the day I'm going to look even more tanned I'm going to look beautiful like I'm going to be glowing (laughs) I do it before flights because then I get off the the plane and I look but you could do it on the flight because you just put it works over the top of your moisturiser and it's not dehydrated it's more cooling so Mm -hmm. it's quite nice now, before you launched your namesake brand, I feel like it was while you were at Saint-Tropez that you kind of reached global recognition. You already had this cult following, mm-hmm. but it was then that you really sort of blew up. Was it was it Billy Piper that was your first, like, A-list? Uh, yeah, it was Billy Piper, and then it was a lot of UK stars, um, and then a lot, a lot of magazine editors. So mm-hmm. I used to do all the editors, um, and then you obviously make friends with a lot of them, and... Mm-hmm. Um, relationships and then um, started doing celebrities and then yeah. started getting in the Just magazines. Just small names like Gaga. Like and no like Ellie Goulding, Rosie Hunter yeah. Whiteley, Jessie J, Rita Ora, Amazing. Mariah Carey and it was... Mariah? It, yeah. Oh my god. So I kind of used to do, um, still do Mariah but I used to go to um, New York a lot yeah. and do her videos and wow. um, LA and then it kind of the whole trends um, thing, starting the trends for tanning, doing the whole layering, and just thinking, taking a risk and thinking, what can I do next? And that's when I come, sort of had the idea about doing my own salon and sort of working for different brands and being like kind of the voice. And I had yeah. this website and I kind of wish I'd carried on doing it. It's a website called The Tantalist. And it was like a, um, a go-to like place for tanning and everyone they used to get like emails from like kind of v- v- Vogue Rush or Italian Vogue saying oh hi the Mr. Mr. Tantalist can you <laughs> give us some tips on this and it was like no one knew it was like this, a bit like there used to be an, a New York photographer he's still there but he's the Satoralist yes so it was a bit like that concept of oh, God and I'm like thinking now thinking God 
where did I think of all these ideas from? I'm, like now I seem to be like maybe I've had too much coffee in my life. I'm kind of like I need to get back to this. Yesterday. I need to get back to this like it was very much then I got I'll be thinking 24 7 I think now because you've got like think about new products for next year there's so much more mm. more your headspace is more taken up with more things yeah, so with then I had more I think the idea is just to start rolling constantly mm. and um yes yeah, so I had the tantalist and um it kind of like uh really helped me like kind of build the whole trends thing as well so yeah just to kind of come up with ideas and we did this thing it was called Tantone which was like match your tan with your handbag or your nail varnish oh. or your outfit and then there was tan time uh, Tantone there was tan time tan time was basically interviews with celebrities and mm-hmm. um, magazine editors and it was my 60, 60 second tan time interview so it was like a kind of a interview on the website yeah then there was tan tv and tan tv was like me doing like my tips and tricks on the the Mm -hmm. tv side of it so it was like a whole one stop tanning yeah an empire yeah now the growth in clients that you experienced was that all just word of mouth yeah word of mouth magazines like awards um, yes and it kind of like yeah, it, but I've never been one of those people that um, that ever kind of when you see someone saying, "Oh, I, I did this or I did that," yeah. or, I, I'm then sat back and do, "Oh, I started tanning or I did this," and I, I kind of think I don't really think, "Oh God, no, 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 I did this." I, no. I kind of think I, I don't know. I just go with the flow. I'm yeah. one of those that's I don't know. I'm quite. I never really. I'm not a show off. Yeah. You know that like kind of. I'm just forcing you to. Yeah, but no, no, but as in, you know, like I, I don't know. I just I've enjoyed what I've done. Um, uh, I love, still love what I do. Yeah. Um, and um, I get you know rewards out of it, and mm-hmm. um, I kind of as you get older, you look at life differently. So I kind of mm-hmm. love my career. I love what I do, but then also I love my family, my friends, and kind yeah. of um, I'm not obsessed like I was, but I'm still mm-hmm. in love. <laughs> Now, I mean, I think part of the appeal as well is that you do make all of your clients feel really comfortable because, I mean, we're more or less nude in front of you. Yes. Do you think that comes back to what you were saying earlier, having a background in making people, like, share their feelings? Yeah, but also I think, I don't know, I think when I first started tanning, people used to get paranoid about um, uh, a guy doing the tan. Yeah, having a Because it was tanner. never... They never actually imagined, because guys in beauty was such, unless it was a makeup artist, in general beauty was Mm. like, was kind of not really heard of. Like, so if you went and got your feet done or your nails done, you never expected a guy doing it. If you had a massage, you never really, there was the guys that did it, but you always, the salons, hotels, you expected a female to do it, or a facial, you expected a female. You never thought a guy would do it. I suppose Mm -hmm. massages were more men, but the facials were more you expected it to be yeah. a woman or and the same with tanning so people would come in and that basically hadn't heard of me or they were staying at the hotel and they wanted a tan and they'd walk in or no no that was the I mean stepping back before when it was Debenhams yes, yeah. so Debenhams they'd book in and they'd this one I worked in the department store and they'd come in and then they'd go they'd book a tan and then they'd come in and go oh you're a guy and I'd go, oh, don't panic, I'm gay. <laughs> you know, that was my kind of one-liner. And I kind of like, I'd said that for years. And then um, uh, Michelle Feeney, who we were just talking about earlier on, she was used to be at Mac, and then she went on to, to kind of take over Saint-Tropez, mm-hmm. like kind of help to build and change um, the packaging and um, do campaigns. Mm-hmm. And she sort of gave me a break and took me out of Debenhams and made me their artist relations, a bit yeah. like what Mac had with like um, doing celebrities and and then um, she was always like oh you know you don't have to say that now <laughs> so it was like I said that for about three or four years and um, yeah so um, it kind of when Michelle came on we then basically changed the whole tanning thing again mm. so it was came up with a concept of like no tan tan and which was like the strip back tan yeah. And started doing Fashion Week because no tanning brand had ever done London ah, Fashion Week. When was that? So that was God, years and years ago. Because oh. um, I think of it as just being a part of life. No, now. it was. I remember doing shows, and it was when I first met Charlotte Tilbury, and she oh. was there, and 
Um, then years fast forward, years later, I'm tanning at her at home, and you kind of, and then tanning Kate Moss, and see, so it's very just much just another small up and comer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but oh, well, she was massive then. She's always been massive. She's an she, icon. Moss, yeah, but um, yeah, so it opened a lot of doors, and I do believe that you meet the right people, and mm. you, if you meet people, you meet them for a reason, whether yes. it's good or bad. It's on your journey. It's part of your your ladder up to mm. where you need to get to and the ladder can fall down at any moment and you go up and down yeah. and always remember where you're from and always remember that you will meet that person on the way up or the way down it's always yeah. the way that really resonates treat people good yeah it's not hard to not be an asshole but it's no, like a pleasant surprise totally I mean I'm like um, only really get deeverish over hotels if it's noisy <laughs> <laughs> And then I kind of I get into my like that. kind of diva moments. No, I don't. I don't. I can't. But like this morning, because the aircon was making noise all night, and I've complained like the last two nights about it. And then on this morning, I was like, "That's it. I need. To, I can't sleep. I want to move rooms. I packed up. Please, can you move rooms? And I want a good room. So that's it. So hopefully they moved. But it was. I've done it in a nice way. But I just. I kind of. I'm just one of those. I'm very protective of my sleep. Oh, like I'm I love like. Um, uh, if you've got no sleep, you can't think, can yeah. you? You're like, I kind of. So I've had like three hours sleep where it was. So I'm, I'm like, I'm talking now. Yeah, I'm probably like over talking. No, this no, is good. No, okay, great. This is good. Keep going. Great, great. <laughs> and now, at what point did you feel confident enough to go out on your own and start your own brand? Um. So probably um, about ten years in, probably yeah, nine years into working yeah. for Central Bay, um, that I just all of a sudden decided to go alone yeah and um just do it myself really mm -hmm. and take the risk and yes. i think i then i was one of those people that like would go to every party and hand my card out to every single person yeah that's me but networked <laughs> yeah and it was i think as i've got older i'm much more about like i've become more anxious now going to parties really? i think i yeah i think i suffer from a little bit from anxiety a little bit going mm -hmm. to parties like I get panicky sweaty and like yeah. nervous so it, even like like going to do an event it, like mm -hmm. I if I've done launches I've gone in the toilet and hidden for like about 10-15 minutes sweaty oh. nervous because I'm like I get I, kind of, I don't know yeah so anyway so I did um, I used to work the room like no one's business always love a glass of champagne yeah and um just like kind of getting out there and getting people to know you yeah. and I was like god I remember um used to tan everyone from like Sarah Mara from American Vogue and like every every Vogue you can think of I did tans for mm. and um and then just ideally just um went out there to try and find an investor to build my brand to to um to for them to believe in me mm -hmm. um because it had never been a brand by a person before, so it was for tanning. Yeah. So it was like a kind of, um, you know, it was never heard of. But also, mm. you, you, people had to buy into you for a tan rather yes. than a brand. Um, so it was, you know, you have to push ahead that whole expert thing and really change that, spin it around and make people buy into not just a great tan, but also an experience mm -hmm. and it was about doing a product range that was different and it wasn't about bringing out just a mousse or bringing out just a, a face tan it was yeah. how can I bring out a product that will get people talking and yeah. I've always had a journalist head on me because mm -hmm. I've been in the industry god like all these years yes. like all these years of hanging out with editors and, mm. and journalists you kind of think when you bring a product out if a journalist isn't going to write about it will anyone buy it mm -hmm. so yeah. if someone's not going to get excited enough to put it all over a magazine and front covers and yes because it was times god when we first launched a brand it was i remember doing an event when the sleep mask launched mm -hmm. in new york and um was, was that the first product was that one of the first it was one of the first mm -hmm. um there was like Six products. One of the first face products I did was the BB tan pen. It was like a makeup pen oh. that you put on the face, and it was like. Um, uh, and then we did the sleep mask, and the yeah. sleep mask was um, very much um, about the overnight tanning. Yeah. 
Um, I used to use Aromatherapy Associates, their Rose mm. Hydrating Mask and Dermalogica. Yeah. Um, and rather than leaving it on for 20 minutes to 30 minutes, I'd go to bed with it on. Yeah. And I'd sleep with it on. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'd wake up with hydrated skin and I thought, why don't I do that with the tan? Mm-hmm. And then I came Not up with the name it. Sleep Mask Tan and then my investor was like, no one would get that. No one's going to buy it. <laughs> so I was like, literally, I'd email every day, ring, I'm sorry, we're calling it that. Um, <laughs> like, so um, I remember doing an event in New York and uh, it was for Netta Porter and the beauty director came around and um, of Vogue, American Vogue. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, do you know, have you heard about Change V before? And she was like, uh, you're in April issue. Ah! And, um, she went, happy F Christmas. <laughs> you can swear on like, this. Yeah. I was like, oh. And um, when she left, I cried because actually, like, I'd been in, when I first talked to Brown, it was, you know, three times in UK Vogue in a year. Mm-hmm. And to then be in American Vogue, when I remember watching the September issue before, I did my my brand. And it was, there was one scene where Anna Wintour says to her dad, her dad says, oh, you know, application form for college, what do you want to do when you're older? And at 15, she writes in the application form, I want to be the editor of American Vogue. So she knew at 15 she wanted to be the editor. And then um, the fashion director, Grace, it's always one that she, you know, her saying is much more about like always look what's happening around you yes. because everything inspires you. Everything, mm-hmm. every person, everything you see will inspire you to do something in your life. Mm-hmm. Will inspire you to to uh, to make big in what you do. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Really, it was like a light bulb mo- light bulb moment. But also. Another thing they say at American Vogue as well is, you know, when you go to a party, make sure that when you leave that party, at least 80, 90% of the people know who you are. Yeah. Because if you go into, go into a room and then no one knows who you are, then you've not done anything. Mm. I like to go in, make an impression, and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> they can slag me off, they can say what they want, but at least they're talking about me. <laughs> Any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> I feel like it's one thing, though, to have your light bulb moment and say, I want to start my own brand, but mm. there's so much more to it. You've got to think about, like, it's one thing to be a tanning expert, mm. but then you've had to take that jump and look at formulating the products, the packaging, the marketing collateral. How did you go about, like, balancing all of that? It's quite hard, and it's still hard now to, like, mm-hmm. kind of... Um, we've got some really cool stuff we're working on for next year um, to do with the brand, to do with how the brand looks and... Um, think how people perceive the brand the mm-hmm. messaging but also I think um, just how you how people perceive you yeah um, but also how they see your brand do they see it welcoming do they do they when they see it in the in a shop or when they see it online do they does it attract them mm. does it pull them in and I think that's like a film you know if you if you see a, a trailer for a film the trailer's good you want to watch it yes um, and because everything's now social media, it's about imagery, it's about videos, it's mm. about much more about using your personality to, to push something rather than yeah. a product just sat on a self shelf and selling itself. Yeah. Um, you have to physically be out there doing the groundwork. I think especially um, for you, given that you are your brand, like it's yes, James Yes, of Reed. course, yeah. And it is, yeah, I'm very protective and very, I want it to be everything to be perfect mm. and nothing ever is perfect in an ideal world yeah. there's always going to be the odd hiccup or mistake but I think mistakes and hiccups make you shape you into yeah. who you are but also um, it make you learn you learn from your mistakes or you learn when you've done something wrong or made the wrong decision because then it just pushes you to make the, the, the best decision the next time yeah. and take things to the next level and I'm this next year I'm really driven to really take things to the next level like really go for it like I'm I'm not going to hold back like I know exactly where I want to take things and I know that's a nice place to be in yeah and I'm so so confident and um I'm going to kick some ass (laughs) I have no doubt about that I'm coming back the queen is back (laughs) as Madonna would say the queen is here to stay no one's taken my throne I'm coming back and I'm kicking ass I don't think the queen ever left (laughs) no the queen is here she's always been here and I'm joking (laughs) 
<laughs> just to let you know, I'm you know I'm not a real queen. You know, you can't have you know. You know. <laughs> it's a shame this isn't it, like a visual. <laughs> I know. Now with you know what you've got coming up in the new year, how does the product development process work for you? Do you create products? that you want to use or are you kind of reactive to what people are asking for? Um, we create products that that have never been done before. Yeah. So cool. I think it's about if you follow what other brands are doing or you look at what they're doing and you think, oh, I need to do that as well, you're not really being, like, really changing Yes. the way people see And it takes that long industry. to create a product yeah. anyway that you'd be years behind but I'm one of those as well that that someone would be doing a product and then I think halfway through oh, I want this added or that added yeah and then it delays it I'm just like that but you'd um, rather bring out a perfect product than something that comes out and you're like oh yes. why didn't we do this yeah so it has to be perfect to me yeah well, while I've got you I feel like it would be remiss of me to not ask a few tanning Go FAQs how does one prepare for a spray tan? So always wax and shave 24 hours before. Mm-hmm. Moisturise on the day of tanning, but mm-hmm. obviously the, the therapist uh, will do it for you. Obviously the hands, the feet, the elbows and knees. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to shave after you've tanned, obviously use an electric shaver because it doesn't yeah. remove the hair. It, just rem- it doesn't remove the tan, it just removes the top layer of the hair. Uh, Moisturise daily after you've tanned. Exfoliate after three to four hours. Um the next after three four days later mm-hmm. so it helps you tan fade evenly um if you've over tanned or your tan's gone too dark after a spray tan go to the gym and use the steam room that will take down ah. your tan um sitting there for 15 minutes it takes it down mm-hmm. if you sit in there for 30 40 minutes and then come out and wipe your skin with the towel it removes the whole skin Right. So, but also the trick to tan is moisturising. So if you moisturise after you've tanned the next day, it makes it last longer. And yeah. if you leave it on, the longer you leave it on, if you leave it on for 8 to 12 hours, the tan will last a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. But also layering, so get your therapist to layer your tan so you don't miss bits, so they don't miss bits. Yes. What's the most common tanning mistake people make, either in salon or tanning at home? Um, over tanning, but tanning over the top of old tan. Mm. So. <laughs> Um, if you put tan on the top of old tan, the old tan fades and then it makes the new tan look patchy. Yeah. So then you've got the tan into disaster. So I'm one of those, whenever I do a celebrity, I take um, some wet wipes with me. Mm-hmm. And um, I use the Nivea, Nivea or I love the Mecca makeup wipes mm-hmm. as well. Plug. And uh, <laughs> good plug there. They're paying me. Probably, I've got a year, ah. like a lifetime supply actually. There you go. No, um, makeup wipes you just rub them over the areas where that you would think the tan would gather and it removes mm-hmm. the tan because you don't sometimes see the old tan until you spray the new tan on yeah, or apply the new tan that. so um, makeup wipes mecca wipes are the best <laughs> exactly nice bottle of champagne later on for that plug <laughs> If we're, um, you've got so many products now, if we're choosing something to tan with at home, how do we choose the best formula for our skin? So I would say um, go for something that's like, uh, if you're first tanner, tan yeah. virgin. Tan virgin. Go for the sleep mask face and body because it's mm-hmm. super easy to use. Put it on with a tanning mitt at the body. You put the face on like you put your night moisturiser on and yeah. it goes on, it dries instantly, but you get a really nice tan. Mm-hmm. A new one that we've got out at the moment is um, the H2O tan drops, which are... Mm. Um, sold Genius. out in nearly most stores. So these are water-based. That's a nice problem to have. I know it's lovely actually, um, and it, they're water-based. So they've got hyaluronic acid, aloe vera water, mm-hmm. rose water, and what they do is they, you put them in your moisturiser, your day and night cream, your SPF, your foundation. You do two, three drops for glow, yeah. three to four for a medium tan, and five to six for a dark tan. Mm-hmm. And if you do them every other day, you get you can put along your tan. You can put it in with your after sun and and um, top up a real tan. But yeah, also, they don't block real tan. Exactly, yeah. but they don't block your pores, and they mm. they're super easy to use, and they smell like you can smell the rose water, and it's like we do it for the sort of the the the, the microphone. Here. <laughs> I do that as if I'm smelling it. Ready? Ah, oh, it smells beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, they really do smell do. beautiful. It's, it's, I gotta work out some sort of podcast scratch and sniff. Maybe that's. But they're really good project. to use, and they're um, 
they just kind of when you put them in a product mm -hmm. it doesn't compromise that product it doesn't compromise your moisturizer it doesn't compromise your your foundation or your bb yeah. cream or your your spf it works with it mm -hmm. um and it allows you to custom design your own tan so you yeah. you desire you design how dark you want your tan to be it makes so the tanning you, less intimidating yes, it also it's it. easy to use you put them in your bag and you can take it on a flight you can do it in uh a barbecue if you want to go yeah. into a barbecue you feel that way inclined. <laughs> exactly you can do it on a hot date um mm -hmm. you can do it anywhere number one tip for at home tanning at home tanning um always use tanning mitt yeah if you're spraying do it in front of the mirror with it and put do a stand on a towel yeah. and then also uh Never over apply, never put too much on because mm -hmm. you, if you're going to bed with it on as well, you don't want to feel sticky. Yeah, there's nothing worse you than don't want your boyfriend, um, your boyfriend you thinking, Oh my god, sheets. you've ruined the sheets, Sorry. or you kind of like there's nothing worse um, than you're actually waking up and you're, all the bedding's marked. Yeah, um, when you've gone to your parents for the weekend, and my mum's like, Oh, you've ruined the bedding, or you've done this and I was like I haven't but now actually tanning you don't and with a sleep mask it doesn't transfer that's why I use it's that all the time of, now um, it's, it's super easy to use and do you know I just had that do you know I don't know why I just thought it was in my head do you remember when you when you first start dating someone do you know when you wake up like before they wake up you run out of the, into the bathroom quickly clean your teeth and brush your hair mm -hmm. and then get back into bed like Pretend you just woke up like yeah. that and then all of a sudden do you know what I used to do I used to get up and then spray the pillow with my aftershave and then go go home that night and then they'd ring me and go God, I can still smell you on the pillows yeah I know yes, because because the I, pillows. I <laughs> soaked the pillow slip in oh that was when I had hair though and I'd be able to brush it like really really kind of like to the side and just wake up like I was like jack out of Titanic <laughs> kind of like it was just really that was kind of a random thing to talk about but I don't know it just came into my head there like I'm, I, I love being random <laughs> Then these things pop into exactly. the world. It's noise, as I say in Catholic Kim, it's noise. Yes. It's noise. Nice, it's different, noise. Unusual. It's different, unusual, <laughs> unusual. Well, at this point, James Reed is stocked in something like 38 countries. You've won over 30 awards, and you are still the world's leading tanning expert. James Reed, what is next? Um, what is next? Um, 150 countries. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, what's next? Um, be happy, enjoy life, um, and also uh, you never know what's coming because actually when it does come, it's going to be pretty good. And I always think keep one step ahead and think how can you take what you've done to the next level in beauty, in tanning, and in life in general because it's life is what you make it. That was James Reed, founder of James Reed Tan, who you can find on Instagram at James Reed Tan or online at jamesreedtan.com. To read my interview with James, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us and join the Glow Journal family. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.